Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. The Beatles. The Beatles. John Lennon's exquisite come together, which is, of course, the opening track of their last album, the last album they recorded, which is Abbey Road, which, Glenn, its 50th anniversary wow. was yesterday. And you, as, as always, all roads lead to Neil Humphrey's. Uh, with all of these issues, but you have a you have a connection. To- I do, I do. I mean, apart from it being my, I'm a Beatles obsessive. No surprise <laughs> there. Many people are, and it is my favourite Beatles album. But so much so, well, I have uh, several memories. One is it's the first vinyl record I remember seeing as a child. My mother had it, you know, when I, in my childhood home, because everybody knows the Abbey Road cover. It's the famous cover of the four Beatles walking across the zebra crossing sure. in north london yeah. north north central london and everybody london. who goes to that part of london recreates it yes, or tries to it's in a very posh yeah. part of london called uh, st john's wood uh, where paul mccartney had a house i think he still does uh, yes every day it drives the traffic mad <laughs> if you want to see taxi drivers and bus drivers swearing a lot <laughs> just go to abbey road and it would always be like asian tourists walking across <laughs> and you'll hear these cockney accents swearing at these tourists uh. recreating the album cover so yes it was the first album i actually remember as a child and then years later when my daughter had just been born we still mm. didn't have a name for our daughter we really didn't um we couldn't decide so i like the name rose after my grandmother and my wife liked the name abby not mm. abigail just abby and for for reasons that we never worked out we never thought of putting the two together and then <laughs> when my daughter was about six hours old we're looking at her and i'll never forget it in the cot in the hospital and my wife said you know if we put your name and my name together it sounds like the beatles album abby road Abby Rose. So that was smart. Huh? That's my daughter's name, Abby Rose. And it is partly inspired by that album. Also, I subsequently wrote a children's book series, Abby Rose and the Magic Suitcase. Hmm. So my my if I've got one ambition, it's to meet Paul McCartney. He's now 76 <laughs> years old and and give him the book and say this happened because of you and I want to thank you for it. I mean, do you have Beatles memories? Do you remember the album? I oh, know you're not you're t- you know, too young. I mean, 1969 it came out. No, I mean, you know, I was I was what 5 years old then, so I was I was young. Uh, mm. But and I have to tell you other groups were making a bigger impression on me. The Monkeys. Huge. Uh, I like the Monkeys. That was my first rock concert in 1968-69. You saw the Monkeys? Live, yes, at the wow. uh, Chicago Auditorium. Uh, uh, that was part of their huge uh uh uh, tour um, that year when they had just come out. Underrated band, the Monkees. I'm a big fan of the yeah, Monkees. Yeah, we went, we went uh, our whole family went, and uh, I, I can still, you know, obviously when you're that young, you don't remember a lot of things, but the playlist was amazing, all the old monkey songs that you would you would expect. But I remember the flash bulbs, and they were bulbs in those days, going off and the screaming teenage mm. girls. Uh, and, and we had, my dad got us really good seats right down near the front, and boy, that was really an amazn show. But which, which, of course, direct relevance because the the name escapes me now, but a famous American uh, movie producer 
put the monkeys together as the American version of the Beatles. It was very cynically done. In many ways, the monkeys were the first actual boy band, as we understand boy bands today, because they were cynically put together in the way that Simon Cowell put together One Direction. It was exactly the same. And you could be cynical about it, but they were talented guys. They were musicians in their own right. They had songs written for them by the likes of Neil Diamond, who I'm pretty sure wrote Daydream Believer, um, a terrific band. I mean, and their songs stand the test of time. Well, and you see the haircuts and you see oh. the clothing and everything was a direct ripoff from from the uh, from the invasion, right, of, which the, is, of the Beatles. Well, that's funny in itself because when they had that Monkeys TV show, which, by the way, was shown in syndication for years afterwards, Decades. including <laughs> including Singapore, yeah. including UK, I grew up watching the Monkeys did, did TV you really? show. Absolutely. I loved that it show. It was shown in the 1980s. I had no idea what the Monkeys were. Or, or, oh. or, the, or even that the show was 20 years old by then. Yeah. I just watched it. I thought it was fun. I thought the music was great. But what was interesting about the monkeys was, so they're coming around 1967, 66, 67, yeah. whatever it yeah. is. The Beatles themselves, who they were aping and copying, had already moved away from that mop-top image. You know, they were doing their Sgt. Pepper and right, Abbey Road right, and right. Summer of Love and Hippie and all that kind of thing. But they were still doing, here we come, you know, walking down the street. It was very hard day's night kind of uh, vibe. And I know because I read interviews that the monkeys themselves were slightly embarrassed in a way because they were still doing the poppy, moppy, toppy, boppy, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky funsters. And the Beatles had moved on. But look. <laughs> great bands, both of them. Beatles, monkeys. Well, and nobody bands. had a better car than the Monkey Mobile. Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, it was fantastic. It was, a, I think, it was a GTO. That was a great time. It was for a GTO that was stretched and that red and had the big pipes coming out the side. Absolutely. Oh well, I just think that was awesome a great car. time anyway for, for American <laughs> culture because I grew up in the eighties, but on syndication on children's television during the school holidays. Believe it or not. They would play three shows that I now realize were from the same time. Mm. The Pink Panther TV show, where you would see the animated Pink Panther get out of this big pink actual limousine. Here comes the Pink Panther. That was shown. Then we would see the Monkeys, Mm. which is around the same time. And then we would see Batman, the the children, uh, the the, the TV series, the the Batman. So great cars, you know, the, the... Pink Panther had this pink Cadillac and then you had the Monkey Mobile and then you had the Batmobile. And that was, I think, most Singaporeans, not just British, but most Singaporeans' introduction to American culture was through those syndicated TV series, you know, of the 60s. And you just thought that America was the coolest place ever. <laughs> biggest cars, biggest freeways, biggest songs. So it was just great. You know, uh, something that, that maybe Singaporeans don't know is uh, a guy called Chuck Barris right. um, had a car shop in in Los Angeles, in actually in the in the Valley, um, uh, Burbank, I believe, and he did all of those cars. So we're looking right now. Just Google Chuck Barris cars. You got the Monkey Mobile, you got the Batmobile, you got the all of them, all of these. Jeez. The Munster Mobile. Those of you who ever watched the Munsters yeah. on TV. Um, pretty much any uh, the Green Hornet Mobile. Brilliant. Pretty much any. Car, kit car from uh, Green Hornet was the Bruce Lee one, right? That was the Bruce Lee yeah, one, Kato, right? Yeah, where he was Kato. But any major car that was done for any uh, major Hollywood motion picture was done by Chuck Barris. Well, and I still think the Batmobile, even though we know that from an aerodynamics point of view, it's a bit silly with the fire that goes off. It's still the best <laughs> Batmobile. It's better than Christopher Nolan's. It's better than oh, yeah. the Tim Burton one. It's the best Batmobile. So I got to tell you, you know, I was, as we discussed, I was just back in the U.S. and 
my brother and I went to Walmart uh, right. to do some shopping because you have to when you're in the U.S. because you get such great stuff for like zero money. Absolutely. And we went to their Hot Wheels section. Oh, yeah. And there, there was an original Batmobile in a box over 98 cents. So I bought it. I brought. I should have brought it in today. I'll bring it in next week. Yeah. It's still in the box. So I got myself a Batmobile when I was home last week. It's still the coolest looking car. It's got the fins at the side, which I'm told, you know, do nothing for the aerodynamics. It's got, the, as I said earlier, it's got the fire that goes off in the middle. It's just the cool. I thought, yeah, the monkeys, the Batman, the Pink Panther cars. I just thought America was the coolest place yeah. because of those cars, the fins. And you know what it is, Glenn? I know we were talking earlier about electric vehicles and look, yep. I'm all for sustainability environment and we all know that those american graffiti type cars mm. were terrible for the environment they you know they got t- no mileage to the gallon no, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. we know all that stuff. it wasn't about mileage in those days right but they were <laughs> the sexiest cars i mean i always say this to my wife the cars back then they had curves yeah. they were, without being sexist yeah. they, they were like women. they had curves in all the right places now they're functional and boxy and efficient and that's all great but none of them look as sexy as the cars of that era. Well, when you think this, you know, in the '60s and '70s, especially um, teenagers, and were, and even in the even in the '50s, teenagers were taking cars from the '30s and the '40s. Is that right? And making hot rods out of them. Right, right. right. And so, Southern California Customs uh, was one of the companies that was selling aftermarket parts, right, to make hop up the engines. They were doing all kinds of crazy, you know, chopping and channeling the body, you know, cutting the windshields down and lowering the roofs. And, and this was, you know, for young, young people growing up in America, high schoolers and college students, this was a form of self-expression like rock and roll music yeah. itself that started in the late 40s and early 50s that, um, that kids could do. They could buy an old, you know, old beat-up car for 50 bucks or 100 bucks and completely redo it and over the course of a year or two years add parts here and there as they earn more money from their after-school job and create hot the hot rods and and George Barris was part of that generation and that's what led him to building this custom car shop in California Southern California and making all these cars for Hollywood and you know unfortunately in Singapore we can't do that because of the cost of cars and it's just not possible to alter cars like they can do in the US but this is you know when you're talking about kind of sexy elements of of uh, of Hollywood and and uh, American culture growing up the 50s and 60s was a magic time and then of course Detroit caught on and started making cool cars like yeah. the, the Camaro and the Corvette that starting in the late 50s uh, and and added to that uh, that American I'm a sucker for it. I mean that Americana I'm a sucker for it when Fantastic. we go to we used to have annual passes for about 4 years mm. at uh, Universal Studios in Singapore mm. and I know what they're doing to me. I know I'm being manipulated <laughs> as a, and, and creating an almost mythical view of 50s diners culture of America. You know that Mel's Dining yeah. that's there that's based on American Graffiti's yeah. Diner? Yeah. They put the, the George Lucas cars outside. Yeah, a couple of old cars out there. Yeah, from, yeah. from American Graffiti. Yeah. I know they're manipulating me. I know it's a mythical apple pie view of Americana that may or may not have been actually authentic. I don't care. Don't care. I love it. I, I, whenever I go to America, I do order diners. Stuff I do all the theme park stuff. Mm, mm. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I grew up with it, and Singaporeans are exactly the same. <laughs> this is the America we grew up with, yeah. you know, and Me it too. actually predates the Beatles. Me that, too. That, that's the America we grew up with, and yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. So many fun memories of that. Uh, but Abbey Road 50th anniversary, and you were there for the 25th anniversary, right? And you had a yeah, you had a oh, T-shirt. Right. Yeah, and... pure coincidence. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. 25 years ago, when you were 10 years old, that's unbelievable. I, I know. I, I was actually five. I think no, yeah. I was 
was I was at university and yeah. I was because it's September. I hadn't gone back yet. I went to university in Manchester and I remember sitting at home with my mother. My sister was at school. And it came up on television that tourists, again, Asian tourists, were walking backwards and forwards, Abbey uh. Road. And I'm saying to my mother, what's going on? And they said it's the 25th anniversary today. Uh. So that would have been 1994. Mm. So I said, I'm going. I'm going now. And I just left the house, got on the London tube, went to the other side of London. I was about nine. How old am I now? I was about 20-something, 20 21 at the time. Uh, got on the tube. And sure enough, lots of tourists there. Did my bit, stood on the zebra crossing, mm. bought the T-shirt, which I've subsequent, subsequently lost, sadly, 25th anniversary. <laughs> and this is the scary part, Glenn, about how time gets faster as you get older. Yeah. The distance, the time gap between now and, and, and then seems like five minutes. You know what I mean? To me, it seems like yeah. five minutes. But then the idea that 25 years Abbey from then Road was 25 <laughs> years before that was like, a different world. That's yeah. the time of Neil Armstrong and yeah. men on the moon. And I couldn't even com- c- calculate time was that far away. But now it seems like five minutes ago. But yes, wow. 50th anniversary of, in my opinion, the greatest album from the greatest band. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.